Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Praise God. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, This is the first Sunday of Advent. And uh, all over the world today, there'll be millions of messages being preached on hope. Amen. And uh, sure, um, I could have a message on hope today, but I want to, I want to bring a message today on, on the power of a thankful heart, thanksgiving, because on the other side of Atlantic, a nation had thanksgiving meals this week. And so I, wanna, I want to speak a little bit this morning about thanksgiving and how, just how powerful thanksgiving is and the benefits of that. But before that, um, I'd, like, I'd, like, um, I'd like to show a little video clip before that, and uh, just, for this, just in time for the season approaching, to bring a little bit of perspective as we go in. We're just a few days away from December. So watch this and enjoy this before we carry on. Hey, welcome. I'm the Christmas search engine, and I can help you find anything related to DIY Christmas decorations. Oh, okay. Um, Let's jump right in. Here we go. (laughs) What date Christmas this year? Uh, December 25th. What date Christmas next year? December 25th. Song that goes. I think I know what you're looking for. How cook ham? Okay. How cook ham fast? Uh... Oh, ham flamethrower recipe. Wait, what? Christmas present mom. Nice. Cheap. Nice. What day Christmas 2035? Are you serious? Is Santa Claus real? Uh, you should maybe ask your parents about that. Gift wrap bowling ball. Please be careful. Custom dog Christmas. Sorry, what? Christmas dog custom cute. Oh, you mean costume? Christmas dog costume cute! Gift wrap accordion. Uh, That's gonna be tricky. Can I drink expired eggnog? No. What happens if drink expired eggnog? Why'd you even ask me in the first place? Dealing with relatives. Okay. Dealing with nosy relatives. Uh, well... Dealing with my nosy overbearing relatives who won't stay out of my business. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, it's pretty much all the same stuff. (laughs) Gift wrap a saddle. Who are you buying this stuff for? Santa Claus riding a unicorn. Santa Claus riding a unicorn socks. Is that a thing? Search it up. Oh wow, here they are. Take my money. Norwegian tree skirts. How many lights, one outlet? Elf pajamas. Dog singing Christmas carols. (sighs) Oh, hello. What is Christmas really about? (laughs) I've got just the thing. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So, Jesus? (laughs) Jesus. 
May I? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Fix burnt ham. Okay. Uh, you know what? Forget it. Pizza delivery Christmas Eve. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ring, does that ring true with anyone? So we're just entering that time where everything's about to go crazy and uh, all the last minute stuff. And I, I believe we, we've got to. More than ever this Christmas, this season, take time to be thankful every day. Be thankful for what we have. Amen. Be thankful for what we have. And so I know that was a bit lighthearted, but there was a serious message in that. This is Advent, and all on the run-up to our Christmas celebrations with family, it's, it's, it's all about Jesus. And we've got a, a great opportunity to share the name of Jesus more than at any other time of the year, apart from Easter. Christmas is a time that we can, we can speak about Jesus. We should be speaking about him all year long, but this is a special time. And so I encourage you to do that. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's the solid foundation in our lives. Thank you, Father God, today is... We're just approaching this season of so much busyness, so much going on, Father God. Help us to remember to wake up every morning and be thankful. Help us, Father God, to um, number our days, Lord God, and to recognize how few they are and to make every single one of them count. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, that you've given us your peace in our hearts, especially at this time of year. But Father God, raise a sense of urgency in us as well, because we're in these days, Father God, where more than ever people need to hear that name, the name of Jesus. So as Father, as we go to your word this morning, we thank you, Lord, that it brings life to everyone, every hearer here today, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, that's something that um, has been on my mind recently. We had a team meeting yesterday morning, and it's about this urgency we should have a sense of urgency about the times we're living in. In John 9, um, Jesus is saying we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by the one who sent us. Amen. John 9, chapter 4. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by the one who sent us because the night is coming when no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Amen. So there's, there's, we're, in a, we're in a definite season of being able to work. Hallelujah. And so um, it's not always going to be that way. So um, thank God for the church coming together, working together. Thank God for the people who put the Christmas tree up yesterday. Thank God for the people who received you in the car park this morning. Thank you for the missionaries, the evangelists. Wake up every morning and be thankful. Amen. And that's the spirit of Christmas thankfulness. Amen. When, when we were small, um, we, we probably uh, weren't very encouraging to our pa parents. We didn't have, we weren't very thankful. We expected a lot of stuff. 
but thankfulness was in short supply. And I don't know if you look around today, I think you might find that sincere thankfulness is in short supply. And we can help with that, can't we? Um, By being thankful ourselves and, and by telling other people about what others have done for us, most importantly, what Jesus has done for us. And if Jesus has healed you, then please tell people about that. If he's got you a new home, if he's got you a new job, if he's helped you in whatever way it is, if he's helped one of your relatives in another country across, tell people, look what the Lord has done. I might be here and they are 2,000 miles away, but we prayed and God healed them. And that's the spirit of Christmas. Thanksgiving, worship, joy, and peace. Amen. To be thankful for Jesus. And in Matthew 2, we see there, obviously, it's the story of Jesus' birth. And um, Matthew 2 in the Amplified, from verse 8, talking about the, the men from the east, the Magi, he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search carefully for the child and when you've found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. Those were the, the words of Herod. After hearing the king, they went their way Behold, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them, leading the way until it came and stood over the place where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And after entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And then they gave their treasures. They opened their treasure chests and they worshipped him Um, they were prostrate before this child who they knew was special. This is the the Messiah. This is the promised one. And so after that, you know the story, they went back by another way so that they wouldn't endanger Jesus. And I just get this picture of them, of of this, not only the worship entwined with the thanksgiving, showing that, do you know what, the time has come. So Jesus has come, and we are now in the church age, and he is still with us. The Holy Spirit is with us to help us until the end of time, until Jesus comes back. Amen? And our worship and thanksgiving has to keep on going. In fact, it has to intensify the church's worship, I, soon the worship will increase and the, the ministry of the word is probably going to, it will never go away, but I see that more worship happening than, 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 than the ministry because we can, we can preach and teach, but really what changes, I don't know about you, but what changed my heart was music and that's what changed my heart. When I was, you couldn't, you couldn't, get, my, you couldn't get my Sony Walkman off of me when I was a teenager. My whole life revolved around music. I loved music. Music spoke to me on a deeper level than any preaching could. I've, I, I sat in church every Sunday, but music connected with me. Worship connected with me. And, and I, I watched people who were sincere worshipers, and I thought, and, I, and I, just, I would just greet because I thought, look at the devotion, look at the consecration. And that's what touched my heart. And I thought, I've so much to be thankful for. And to this day, <laughs> even though at the times when my life's gone a little bit awry, I come back to worship. That's the thing that draws me back 
to go back to the feet of Jesus where these men were to worship, to worship him. And although we like to celebrate and we like to make things joyous and we have lots of trinkets and baubles and everything else, let's not forget this, the reason why Jesus came. Amen. And so this is this whole concept of thanksgiving and praise and worship, this, this is the season for it. Every morning in Ezra 3, the people were in captivity and they came back to rebuild the temple. It was going into the second temple period in Ezra 3. And they came back and the Levites were appointed over all the people to begin rebuilding the temple. It was amazing because they appointed anyone who was over 20 years old was appointed, given great responsibility to, to build up the new temple. How many of us are just, you know, we're just young, just over 20? Yeah. Yeah, right, Johnny. Wink, wink. But, you know, age, age, age is, no, is no barrier to God's calling on your life. In this, in this, in this case, as soon as you hit 20, you had a vast responsibility for building the temple. And in Ezra 3, from verse 11, sorry, from verse 10, it says, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in all of their apparel with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals took their positions to praise the Lord as David, king of Israel, had prescribed. Isn't it interesting that all of these people came and they were actually prescribed positions. Take your positions. Take your positions. Get ready to respond to God. Get ready to praise Him. Get ready to release a battle cry, a shout of praise. And in verse 11, it says, they sang responsively, responsively with praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, for He is good and His loving devotion to Israel endures forever, forever. Isn't that amazing? They sang in response to something that God was to them. What was that? I'm your God. I'm devoted to you. And that devotion is going to last forever. And they sang responsively back to him. And I, I would like us to experience that. And I'm sure we are experiencing it, but in greater measure, that when we're together and, we're, and we've taken our positions, that we are responding to God's goodness. We are actually not just, oh, Eleanor's put the words on the screen again. I'm going to sing this verse and that chorus. We begin to respond in a very personal way to God's goodness. Amen. Then all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord had been laid. But many of the older people, many of the older priests, Levites, and the heads of the family who had seen the first temple began to weep. They cried when they saw the foundation of this temple. But many others shouted joyfully, wow, this is some, quite something, isn't it? So these people have come out of captivity. They're restoring the temple. 
There was a, this was a time of renewal. They'd been in captivity, and their ability to worship had been taken away from them because they had no sacrifice to give. And here they are. It was like the renewal of their worship, the renewal of that time to, to sacrifice again. And what an intermingling of emotions with all of these people who had remembered God's the first temple and who God was seeing this new temple being built up. And their crying was mingled in with the laughter and the joy of the younger people. And it was so loud that it could be heard far, far away. Isn't that amazing? Some people were crying and other people were rejoicing. But I believe that what was going on here is the that, that weeping was because of remembrance. And when you remember God's goodness, you cry. <laughs> you will weep when you remember His goodness. And it's not because you're sad. It's because you're happy. It's because you're full of joy. When we remember God's goodness, we get full of joy. The people that were laughing, they just said, new hope. New hope has arrived. The temple is being rebuilt. The foundations have been laid. New hope. Our future has been restored. Isn't that amazing? And I know that a lot of people will be preaching about hope today. But in this particular sense there in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope that is deferred makes the heart sick. Hope that doesn't come to fruition makes the heart sick. And here are these people, hope Hope is here. And this, this is a simple message that actually if we don't have an evangelistic bone in our body, I don't know what to say to people, Pastor David. I really struggle. I trip over my words. My palms go sweaty. I can't speak to people. See if you say to people, I want to tell you that if you've lost hope in any area of your life, and I can guarantee you some people have lost hope, yeah. and you say, but there's a new hope, and the hope is here. I guarantee you, you'll be able to get into a conversation just by saying there's hope. There's hope. When there's people in your neighborhood that have lost their loved ones through COVID, through the pandemic, when, when you've been given a prognosis by a doctor that is initially the facts don't look good, and you remember there's hope is here. Hope lives in me. Hope is with us. Jesus is with us. Amen. And so this is so powerful. And, it's, and we need to remember to be thankful for that all the time because having a thankful heart will not only bless you, it'll bless others. And, and, and you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, you, you know our friend, Pastor Tom Ingalls in Sydney, Australia. He's built his ministry on teaching about worship and thanksgiving. At the basis of all worship is thankfulness. That's what we build our lives on. Amen. We've got to stop and give thanks, reflect and give thanks. But we must, you know that word they use in Psalms, it's the word selah. Selah is a word which means, can you please pause, stop, wait a minute and give thanks. Pause, meditate on this. And I think that we have to stop and think a little while. Think about things. Amen. And when we go into this new year, 
I've said this before, if we begin every day and every year and every season with thanksgiving, we'll end it in praise. So when we get up in the morning, we can say thank, th thank you. When we go to bed at night, we can give him praise for the day that we've had. Amen. We can get into that pattern every day. Thankfulness leading to when I put my head down at night, Father God, I praise you. Thank you for keeping me and my family today. Thank you for keeping my church family today. Thank you, Father God, that you have met our needs. Not, not, the facts don't look great, but you, by, you supply all of our needs by your riches and glory. Father, thank you. Thank you that you delivered me from that car crash 28 years ago. Thank you that you delivered me from this motorcycle accident. Thank you that you were there. Your angels, had, had, they were guarding over me. We, can, we just never stop giving thanks. We've got so much to be thankful for. If we begin every day and ev or every season or every year with complaints and ingratitude, we'll end the day with regret. We'll end the year with regret. Amen? Amen? Praise is perfected in the mouth of babes. Amen. Amen. Thank God for an alive church with the sound of young people. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is, this is an important thing that we need to do. You know how much you bless people's hearts when you give them thanks? I don't know about you, but there were some times in my life I was never a particularly thankful person. And it used to make, I'm sure it made my parents very sad. I had an entitlement attitude. Does anyone know what that, that is? An entitlement attitude. And um, when I think about it, I think how I must have made them so sad when I just took so much for granted. And you know what? There's, and, and it's, it's, you know, young people take, well, I say, everyone take note, the psychology of thanksgiving. You know, when my children <laughs> are thankful, I just want to bless them more. I want to say, come here, I want to do this for you. I want to, come here, because you're so thankful. But in the times when they've been less than grateful and less than thankful, man, I, although I still bless them, my inclination is to try and put that right first. Let me show you a better way. So thank God for his mercy. Amen. Amen. So the, the, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Amen. You know, we don't have to give thanks for everything but we can give thanks through everything. We can give thanks going through, this, pardon me, the season. I, 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 I sometimes, I, I don't thank God, you know, if I'm, if I'm um, sick, I don't th thank anyone for the sickness. I know, but I'm, I'm thankful that he'll get me through it. he get me through it. And he caused me to overcome that situation. So these are things that are important to, to know. And if we always, you know, how many of you are like, what is God's will for me? This verse tells us, give thanks. I don't know what God's will is for my life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in everything. This is the will of God. One verse, 
How many people come to us, I really don't know what God's will is for my life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, let's start here. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Amen. Amen. And if we take this thanksgiving, this attitude of thanksgiving, and we mix it into everything throughout the day, it's going to have powerful results. You know, if you had any of Charlene's baking on Saturday morning or Pastor Linda's um, flapjacks, if she had left something out of that recipe, I'd be like, something no right here. But when all those ingredients are present in the recipe, when thankfulness is in there with everything else, the finished product tastes good. Amen. And the Lord says, the, the, God's word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he is good. And, 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 and so we know that we need all of the ingredients to be present. And thanksgiving is one of those ing- ingredients. Amen. Do you know that thanksgiving aff- affects your faith? Did you know that? Do you know that thanksgiving increases your faith? When you, you, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we believe that when we pray, like we've prayed for these people, we've petitioned God, Lord, heal, heal Shirley. Tomorrow morning, I'm go, we're going to wake up and we're going to say, Father, thank you, thank you that your healing is working in Shirley's life. If Nathan comes to me, and he says every, every day, Dad, when he was small, Dad, I want this. Okay, son. The next day, I want this. It's not time, son. Every day, I want this. I have the ability to give it to him, but he keeps on coming and asking me for it every day. I want this, Dad. I want this, Dad. Now, I have the ability to give it to him, but the timing is not right. But when he comes to me, he says, Dad, remember that thing we spoke about? I'm just so looking forward to that when that happens. I'm just, I know it's going to happen. He's not nagging me for it. He's just like, he's just acknowledging that I've said, I hear you. I've heard you. And then he keeps that alive in his heart until that comes through. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the things that we don't actually see in the natural have actual substance, And that's called faith. And we hold these things in our spirit and in our heart. And we see them and we actually vision. Who who are the ladies here that love to do vision boards? And the guys too. I don't know. They must get uh, vision boards. That's a lady thing. No, it's not. We have to have vision too. We have to have vision too. Amen. But in the face of things that don't look good, like Abraham, the father of many nations... And God's saying to him, you're going to have a child. You and Sarah are going to have a child. It's an act of faith to thank God for that when your body is... Do you know that one translation of the Bible actually uses the word decrepit? It actually does. There's a translation of the Bible that says his body was decrepit. And he's like, when I look, when I look, when I look at the facts, the facts say I'm decrepit. And I cannot, I cannot procreate. But Abraham, 
who against all hope in hope believed became the father of many nations. How, how many times does our, does our thankfulness and our faith ebb away in the face of the facts? Because the facts are the facts, right? Just tell me the facts. If we just lived by the facts, we would, our faith would be crushed. We'd have, we wouldn't have to have faith for anything because if I can't see it, I don't believe it. And God says, no, you've got to keep the hope alive. Keep believing in the face of facts. Let's not let our faith be shipwrecked or become weak. Let's not let our thanksgiving ebb away because it hasn't come through for us yet. Continue to be thankful for what you've prayed for. Amen? God gives life to the dead and calls the things which are unseen, seen. So we've just got to keep on seeing the unseen, seeing beyond the seen. Amen? So when we say, Father God, thank you that by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Even though the facts don't say that, thank you, Father, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And then go to Philippians 4, 6. It says, don't worry about it. Don't be anxious about it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God will come into your heart, guard your heart and your mind. It'll flood into your life, the peace of God. And that's, that's, that's got to be our prayer for people this year, for peace. Amen? The Prince of Peace. Every, I, I encourage you this month, this, as we walk into December, go and get your Bibles and go to Isaiah chapter 9 and read every day of those things, uh, those, the character of God. Amen? Hallelujah. So our faith is rounded off and completed when thanksgiving kicks in, when we keep on being thankful for what we've prayed for. Amen? Hallelujah. Your faith will abound when we do that. Amen? Amen. Being thankful gives birth to miracles as well. Amen? Paul gave thanks in Ephesians 1.16, he says, he was writing to the church at Ephesus, I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, and so I do not cease to give thanks for you, and I'm praying for you always. Pray without ceasing, always praying, amen? Jesus even prayed and said, thank you, Father, for hearing me when he was in John 11, when he went to the tomb of Lazarus, Lazarus was in the tomb. Jesus prayed, and what did he conclude his prayer with? Father, thank you. Thank you for hearing me. What happened next? Lazarus rose. Thanksgiving gives way to miracles. Thanksgiving gives way to amazing things taking place in our life. The power of thanks. Amen. Jesus fed a multitude with just a little bit of food. Before that, he broke bread and gave thanks. A thankful heart brings multiplication into your life. Amen. Being thankful appreciates others. Remember I said that story about, that Pastor Tom said about the, the consummation 
of, of um, thankfulness is when you go and tell other people what happened. Being thankful appreciates others and it enlarges your life. Amen? And I think that's the thing in this society we live in today, that we're a very consumeristic society. We're, we're quite self, we're very self-indulgent, self-absorbed, self-centered. And the greatest thing sometimes that come, comes out of our efforts isn't what we get for it, but what we become by being it. So what you sow is what you reap. And sowing thankfulness, you will reap, in, you will reap thankfulness. Amen. Do you believe that? Loving, thanking, being patient, being kind, forgiving one another. It's, we don't do it for something that we get back from that. We do it because it makes us become something that we are currently not. Or it helps us progress. Amen? So, thankfulness is a, such a powerful thing. And, and, and sometimes we do, thank, it, it's polite. If you ever, it's like, you ever give something to a child and you say, okay, what do you say? What do you say? What, come on, what do you say? And I'm not sure if they're actually trying to train the child to say, uh, thank you, or if it's the parent trying to avoid the shame of the, the child just ignoring them in public or whatever. What do you say? You're not getting this until you, you know. And so it's like this. We have this, this thing in our culture where it's just lip service. But we have to go through. True thankfulness goes beyond just tripping off the lips. Oh, thanks very much. It goes to a deeper place. It goes to a, a more, a deeper level of thankfulness to people. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Because God looks on our hearts. Amen. God looks on our hearts. Hallelujah. Everything in life appreciates or depreciates by how much you're thankful for it. When you appreciate things in life, and you're thankful for them, they grow in value. Amen? When you depreciate things or when you don't appreciate things and you're thankless, what do they do? They depreciate in value. Human beings also appreciate and depreciate based on the value that we place on them. And so when we look around, I shared a little testimony yesterday at our team meeting of a struggle I went through this week. But we've got to remember to appreciate people, to appreciate them, amen, to value them, because we want that to come back around to us, don't we? Amen? Amen? And so everything appreciates or depreciates in life, amen? God places a huge value in us. He placed such a great value in us that he sent Jesus to this earth for us, Amen? And so we just have to look to the cross to put things in perspective. How much do we value each other? How much are we thankful towards one another? Amen. When we fail to thank people, we depreciate the person that has helped us or given us help or a gift or whatever it is. So it's very, very important. So make the choice to appreciate people and give thanks because that can change 
all your lives forever. Amen. I want to, I'm going to close the me- this short message shortly by saying that when you're thankful, you will be accepted in places. You'll be more socially appealing when you're thankful. <laughs> you know, when you have an attitude of gratitude, when you're a grateful person, amen, how often do we come across people who are very, very cynical and ungrateful? And it's almost like a, po- a poisonous atmosphere. And I don't enjoy being in that atmosphere. I, but I rather enjoy being with people that give thanks. Even, even though, do you know what? We don't have much to give thanks for here at the moment for maybe it's something that this leader has done or this person has done or this is... But do you know what? I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm still going to appreciate what I have. I'm going to be thankful. Amen? And so the, when, when you have an, a, an attitude of thanksgiving, this really helps us go into places where before you may not have been received. Being th- a thankful person opens doors for you in life. Amen? Because we are normally wired up to seek thanks, but not to give thanks. Amen? So... We've got to put out there what we want to attract ourselves. It's coming back to that same thing again. Amen? And so we have to remember that sometimes, well, it's just not in my personality to be this kind of person. I want to say this morning, God can change your personality. It's like, you know what? This is the way. This is who I am. I've heard this so many times. This is just who I am. This is what what you see is what you get. I'm like, okay. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. I renew my mind by the washing of the word. God is beginning to change me from the inside out. My stinky personality is going to take that and he's going to make it a pleasant personality. He's going to make me a pleasant person to be around. The places where I used to go and people would say, you know, they would toler- where they would tolerate you, they will celebrate you. Where you were once tolerated, you'll be celebrated because your attitude will have changed. Do you believe that? Amen. And so God can restore everything. He can restore our souls. He restore our minds. He can change our, our will and emotions. Amen. He can restore all that. And if he can do all that, he can change our personality. Amen. You know, it's quite funny. I sometimes do a personality test with my pupils and they end up being a lion a beaver, an otter, or a golden retriever. And I say, on you go, before we do this little quiz, write here what you think you are. Who do you think you are? What's your personality? And they go away and ah, da, 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 da. And then I say, here's pictures of these animals here. What kind of animal do you think you are? Do you know that well over 50% of the time, people get their, people think wrongly about themselves. Their true personalities, their true nature is not what they think it is, which, which is quite revealing. And so they do all this and they discover, oh, this is kind of, these are my personality traits. And I say, listen, th- you, this is only a bit of fun, but let me tell you, this is so helpful because when you understand how you were made, you can relate better to other people. Amen? And God says, I can take your character and I can change it 
so that you will be able to relate to people on a different level in a way that you never could before. So he gives us, I believe he gives us like a supernatural personality makeover. Amen. Amen. So be, I, I, I'm in God's debt. My wife's in, we're in God's debt, but I believe for with the journey that we've come on, we're in God's debt for where we are. And so, you know, I know that God says, oh, I don't want you to feel in debt to me. I've paid the price. It's all, it's all the score's been settled. I receive you as my son, as my daughter. But I wake up in the mornings, and when I don't feel like being thankful, I remember how much God has done for me. And I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing what you've done. Amen. And so let's close with this scripture in Ephesians 5.4. It says, be imitators of God. Walk in love as Christ has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. But fornication and uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you. But fornication and all uncleanness, oh, sorry, as, as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse, coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. For this you know, and it goes on, as you know, that names all of these horrible traits, and it says that the wrath of God will be upon those people, the sons of disobedience. Do not partake with them. So it says there, see all of these character traits? Avoid them. Rather be thankful. Rather be a person who gives thanks. Amen? Don't waste time on all that stuff. It might be the cool thing to do, to get involved in stories, tales, gossip, judgment. And, and I had, I've been repenting myself of, of a spirit of judgment. We've got to avoid those things and remember to give thanks. Amen? Amen. Because he gave up too much for us to continue in those ways, really. And so, closing, yesterday I said that I felt that I had something to share with the church, and I shared it with some of the team yesterday regarding sacrifice. And I'm just going to keep it really brief. But what we do for the Lord, what we do for one another, all of the sacrifice, the investment of time, everything that you give up, if there's not love in that, it's worth nothing. Jesus' love was sacrificial love, was the agape love of God. It's, that has to be at the root of everything that we do. When that bitter root judgment gets in, when other things creep in, it just removes the love from the sacrifice. And we think we're doing great because we're still sacrificing, but the love is gone. The love needs to be with the sacrifice. And if you've got to love people enough to thank them from the bottom of your heart, we can start every day by thanking the Lord God from the bottom of our heart for what he's done for us. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.